0: concluding a series this morning, Cradle, Cross, Crown. And believe it or not, some of you who have been here for years, we're finishing the book of Luke today. (laughs) Nobody say amen. (laughs) We are finishing our study of the gospel of Luke today. And we are going to be looking at Luke chapter 24. But before you turn your Bible there, we're going to go somewhere else first. I just want to point out to us today, we're actually going to be talking about the fact that Christmas is truly a celebration of life. You can write this down if you've got notes uh, or a pen. You can write this down. Christmas is a celebration of life. It's a celebration of the life of Jesus Christ. Everybody say life. Life. Okay, now say it like you have life. Life. <laughs> life, right? Life. I, I believe in the spoken word so much. Sometimes I believe we should, we should speak words. Speak words of God. Speak words of scripture. Life. God is a giver of life. Christmas is a celebration of what? One more time? Okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. Christmas is a celebration of the life of Jesus Christ. There are three aspects of the life of Jesus that I want to point our attention toward this morning from the Word of God. And I just want you to, I want this Christmas to be real to you this year. I want it to be real, not because of the stuff that you get, but because of the God who is our giver, who is the giver and sustainer of life. And I want Christmas this year for you to be a true celebration in your heart. I want you to wake up Christmas morning and the first thing you think about not be the stuff under the tree, but the life that God has chosen to give us in Jesus Christ. The greatest gift of Christmas is Christ. Amen? I want us to train our hearts and to train our minds to think gospel-centered, to think God-centered. Christmas is a celebration of what? Life. The life. Whose life? The life of Jesus. And I want to talk about that this morning. The first thing I want to show us is the thing we celebrate about the life of Jesus first is who he is. Turn to your Bibles, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The life of Jesus actually begins before Jesus is ever born. And you say, what in the world do you mean, Barry? You're crazy. Uh, Turn to your neighbor real quick and tell your neighbor your birthday. You don't have to tell them the year. (laughs) What's your birthday? All right, now turn to your neighbor and tell them God's birthday. Any good answers? <laughs> oh, got a theological answer over here. Before the foundation of the earth. That's, that's, that's kind of abstract, Debra. <laughs> Does God have a birthday? John chapter 1. Let's start at verse 1. And here we have the gospel writer John speaking to us through the Spirit of God about the Word of God who is Jesus Christ. When you hear the Word, I want you to hear Jesus. We're talking about The life of Jesus in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. In the beginning, before there was anything, before there was anything, can you wrap your head around that? Before anything existed, Anything. There was who? God. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Who's the Word? Jesus. In the beginning, there was God. And in God, in the Word, in Jesus, was what? Verse 4. In Him was, what is it? What? Life. Here's the Word again. In Him was life. Ultimate reality. Now, I want you to wrap your heads around this. Ultimate reality is alive. Absolute reality is living, is breathing, is seeking, has movement, has action. Ultimate reality is what? Life. Isn't that an awesome reality for us this morning? Before anything was, before anything was, God was. Now, your, your little kid may come up to you or your wife may ask you, well, how did, how, did God, how did God get to be the way he was? What do you say? How did God get to be the way he was? Well, he didn't get to be the way he was. He always has been the way he is, right? Right? It's God. It's the essence of being God. He has always been from the beginning, from the beginning, before anything there has come. He is eternal. And part of who God has always been is life. God has always been the God of life. Think about the way God created the world then. That means that matter came out of what? Out of nothing, out of life. What was first? The world or God? God. God. Matter came out of life. What does that mean about you? Does your, okay, does your body have a spirit? Or does your spirit have a body? Okay, talk to your neighbor about that real quick. (laughs) Does your body have a spirit, or does your spirit have a body? Your spirit has a body. God was life. In Him was what? Life. And that life, the life of man. Out of His life came everything. The essence of God is life, and that life, the light of man. And not only are we talking about God being the giver of physical life, but John here has in mind in verse 4 and 5, it says, in him was life, and that life was what? The light of man, right? He's speaking something about the Lord Jesus that's more than just him being the creator of physical life, but he is... Talking about spiritual life. His life was the light of man. That helps us understand this a little bit more because you you start thinking, well, does that mean everybody has life? I mean, I look at you, right? You look alive. Are you all alive? Yeah? Okay, we're all alive physically, but are we all alive spiritually? I don't know that about you this morning. See, John is speaking here more than Jesus just giving physical life. Jesus is the giver of what? Spiritual life. He's the giver of spiritual life. His spiritual life was the light of man. The light has shown in the darkness. There's a contrast here between light and darkness. Some of us in this world are in darkness. Not everyone has life. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says that all of us were, are dead in our trespasses and sins. Before we put our faith, before we unite ourselves with Christ. What John is speaking to us here is that Jesus is life. Not just the giver of physical life, but he is the one in whose essence is spiritual life. The real essence of our soul, the essence of being. Jesus is spiritual life. So what it means to unite with Jesus is to have spiritual life. For your inside to be alive. Not everyone's inside is alive because sin kills your soul. We are dead in our sin, not alive spiritually, but because of Christ. In him was light, and that light is the life is the light of man. Because of his life, when we unite with him, we can be alive spiritually. Does that make sense? So in Jesus is what? Life. His nature, from the very beginning of time, not just Born there in Bethlehem, but from the beginning of time his nature is what? life and that life is the life of man. So who he is is life and we celebrate the fact that Jesus is the giver of life but not only that of who he is, but we celebrate what he did. Turn your Bible with me to Luke chapter 24. Just hold your place there. When Jesus arrived on the scene in Bethlehem, he arrived on the scene unlike any other baby that had ever been born. Because every other baby that had been born since the time of Adam, we read in Romans chapter 5, and you can look at that later, write it down later, and you can look at it. From the time from Adam to Moses and on to us, death reigned. Death had reigned. All of us had been walking dead in sins, cut off from God. No spiritual life within us. God, the giver of life, had given Adam and Eve the opportunity to live in his life, to partake. Their souls were to be alive in him. But they chose against him. And from that choice came every man behind them in their choice. All of us born in the nature of sin, and not just by nature, but by our own choice. All of us dead in our trespasses and sins. Christ now Comes onto the scene, the eternal God, in him was life, and that life was light of man, he had always been life. And he comes onto the scene as a baby boy, Christmas morning, right? And he is different than any other person since the very beginning of time. Because he is not born unto the nature of sin. He is not born into The disposition of darkness. He's not born without spiritual life within him. He's not born cut off from God. No, he's born. And he's born with what? With life. Not just physical life, but Jesus is born with eternal life. His heart is overflowing. His spirit is connected with God. His nature is pure. And his entire life we read from the book of Hebrews, from the gospel accounts, we read that Jesus had no sin in him. His entire life he lived in perfect union with the Father. Always receiving from his life and reciprocating his life as we should have done and still should do. Jesus did. In him was life. And that life came into physical form. It says the word became what? Flesh. Think about it. The eternal word in him was life became flesh. And did what? Dwelt. Dwelt. Among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory of His, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Not only do we celebrate who He is, but we celebrate what He did, because in what He did, He lived in such a way to accomplish for us the opportunity to have life again. In His living, not just who He was eternally, but in His coming and in His living, His living and His life here on earth. He accomplished for us what we need the most, and that is life in you again. Anybody need life? Yes. yes. Y'all have physical life, but we need spiritual life, right? And because He maintained perfect spiritual life with the Father, that, when we put our faith in Him, that is credited to, to us such that His life now counts for us and fills us. But not only in His actual living, We talked about last week in his death for our sins, paying the penalty for what you and I deserve. And then finally, we come to Luke chapter 24 and all the gospel accounts. The whole book of Acts focus on one of the most glorious things about our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is that he came, he lived perfectly, he died for sin according to the Scripture. And then he rose again after three days. And he lives today eternally as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of all who will believe. Amen? Amen. Christianity is a resurrection religion. Hear me again. Christianity is a resurrection religion. If you take the resurrection away from what we believe, you have nothing. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, if the resurrection didn't happen, our whole faith is in vain. We not only celebrate who Christ is, but we celebrate what He did because He conquered death. He conquered sin. He put it into the hellish grave that He deserves. It deserves. And He rose again after three days, securing for us eternally a relationship with God and life within When we unite ourselves to him. Amen? Amen. Now, this is good news, right? Okay, you look more happy. Tell your neighbor, this is good news. (laughs) It's great news. This is great news. Luke chapter 24, we read. Everybody there? But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. But Peter, Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking to each other about these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. That we had hoped that this one would be the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since things seem to have happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they didn't find his body, they came back saying that. he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village which they were going. He acted if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished. From their sight, they said to each other, can you just imagine this? You just realize you've been with the living Savior at all. Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and they returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and now he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. They were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and marveling, he said to them, Have you anything to eat here? (laughs) And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and he ate it before them. And he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you Excuse me, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany. And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him. And returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple. Blessing God. Amen. Listen here. Jesus is not only a life-giving Savior, but Jesus is actually alive today. Amen? Amen? He died. He came. He lived perfectly in perfect union with the Father. He came. He took on your sin and my sin. For all who believe he died in excruciating death for sin, he was put into a grave. And don't you think for a second that he... You hear all these theories about, well, he may not have been dead. You turn on National Geographic Channel and all these so-called experts. Listen, I'm going to get a doctor just so I can go on there and pretend like I know what I'm talking about. And all these folks saying he probably didn't die he probably just swooned they probably stole his body why do you think it's such a big deal for people to believe that Jesus did not rise from the dead because if if it's true then it changes everything amen we don't have a philosophy of a religion we have a historical religion Jesus Christ was put into the grave he was dead listen All the people there saw that he was dead. He was put into a tomb. His death was so important that the tomb was guarded by soldiers. A huge stone was rolled in front of it. But they got there the third day, and guess what happened? Even his disciples didn't think he was going to rise from the dead. They went to go anoint him with oil. They got to the tomb, and what happened? He's not here. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He showed up to the women. He showed up to the apostles. He showed up to Peter. He showed up to Thomas. He showed up to the men on the road to Emmaus. Over 500 people from Corinthians says at one time saw him. Jesus is alive. Amen? His resurrection is of supreme importance to us, especially at Christmas. Because if he had only come to live a physical life and not live the spiritual life, if he'd only come to live... A a physical life and even a perfect spiritual life and had just died and not resurrected from the grave, we'd have nothing to celebrate. But he came, lived a perfect physical life, a perfect spiritual life, did die for sins and was risen from the dead. And because of that, we today can have life. Amen? Amen. Let me show you this real quick. You can write this down if you want to. Let me tell you what the resurrection does for us. It affirms that Jesus is who he said he is. Romans chapter 1 verse 4 says that he was proved to be the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. He wasn't just a descendant of David. He wasn't just the one who fulfilled the prophecies. He was proven to be the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. You don't have to sit around wondering, is Jesus the Son of God? Have you ever seen anybody rise up from the dead? (laughs) Let me just say that again. Have you ever been to a funeral and seen anybody rise up from a casket? If you did, would you look twice? Would you think something about that person? Please say yes. My lands. No wonder these folks did a double take. They're sitting there going, what does this mean? And Jesus is like, I'm hungry, dude. Feed me. They're going, what does this mean? Well, what it means is that he's the son of God. He is who he says he is. Amen. We don't have to doubt that. We don't have to wonder that. You don't have to think, is Jesus a lunatic because he's going around claiming to be God? No, he proved he was God because he died for sin and he rose from the grave. Secondly, it proves that his sacrifice for sin has been accepted. You wonder, well, is there anything left to do for my sins? You guys sin every day. Pitiful sinners. You can look at me and say the same thing. I sin every day. What do we do about our sin? What do we do about the guilt that you feel at night? You lay, and I know some of us, you lay in bed at night, you think about the things that happened in the day, you feel guilty, you feel distant from God at times in your life. What is to be done? How do you make yourself right with God again? Is there anything that you have to do still? Or can you trust that Christ did it all? You can trust that Christ did it all. Let me tell you why. Because Romans 4 says that His resurrection from the dead proves to us that God accepted as a perfect and pleasing sacrifice. He accepted Christ's sacrifice for sin. And now we can be made right with God by trusting Christ. And we can know that because Christ was raised, that his death, his sacrifice, was complete. There is no longer any sacrifice needed for sin. The only thing left to do is to put your faith in Christ. Amen? Because of his life, everybody say it again? His life. Because of his life, his resurrection life, you can know that when you trust Christ, your sin is atoned for. Yes, you still sin, and you will continue to sin, but your sin is covered by the blood of Jesus when you put your faith in him. Third, his resurrection proves that the work of salvation is completed. I just talked to that, but you guys need to read this later. I'm telling you, you want a Christmas present? Open your Bible, Romans chapter 4. Woohoo! Best Christmas present ever. God's given it to you. Way to go. Fourth, by his resurrection, you can know that those who trust in him can walk in newness of life because he is alive and imparts his power to them. Oh man, I've been teaching Romans and the Glenmary Bible study and I will try to save you from doing an exposition of Romans 6 right here. But listen, Paul says, do you not know? Do you not know? That Christ died to sin and was raised to newness of life. He says, do you not know that you have been united with Him by your baptism, by your identification with His Spirit? That because He died for sin, you died for sin? Because He died unto sin, that sin is now dead to you? Sin has no more hold on you. Sin has no more grip on you. Sin cannot take you to the grave. Do you not know that because He died, and when He died, you're with Him, you died to sin. And when He resurrected into the newness of life and the power of God and the Spirit of God, you also, with Him, received newness of life. Isn't that good news? Anybody like living in victory? Who likes living in defeat? Well, some of us act like it. Don't, you don't have to live in defeat. You can live in V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, victory, victory in Jesus. Remember that old song? Oh, victory in Jesus. Robbie said, please don't sing. I'm telling you, though, we have victory today over life. You don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live down. You can know today that you're living in the newness of life supplied for you by Christ's resurrection from the dead. Isn't that good news? I'm telling you, this is wonderful news. Galatians 2.20 says, The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. We can have life today because of the Son of God. And finally, you can know, I could keep going on this stuff. There's probably like 50 reasons, but I just gave you five. You can come to a workshop next week if you want to. I'll teach you the rest. You can know, finally, that He is the great King of kings, and He will come one day for His people. I was uh, had a part in a wedding last night, and watching that... Uh, Watching the bride, Jessica Burst, come down that aisle. I started thinking about got all excited about the fact that the Lord Jesus is coming for his church. Okay, I got one amen. (laughs) Listen here, he said that Christ is, is like the bridegroom of us, the church. And he has adorned the church by his blood, by his washing of the word, by his spirit. He has adorned the church to be beautiful like a bride. And he will come for us. He is the King of Kings by His resurrection power. Acts 17 says, by His resurrection we can know that He is the living Savior. And He will come again to save those who have trusted in Him. And to judge the world in fairness. He will divide those who have spiritual life through Him. And divide those who have not spiritual life through Him. A man sees outward appearance. But God sees the heart. He knows those who are his. The sheep know his voice. He calls them by name. Not everyone is a sheep of Jesus. Not everyone is one who is a partaker of life. Only those who are united with him. And there's a coming a day that he's going to come back and take us home. He will make the world right as it should be. He will impart his spiritual life in perfect equity. And he will judge the living and the dead. Amen? Amen? I've got another point. It's going to be really quick. We celebrate life at Christmas, not only because who he is, not only because what he did. He lived perfectly. He died. He was risen from the dead. But we celebrate because what Jesus gives. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 10, and then we will conclude. Anybody happy this morning? I mean, come on. This is awesome. We have a lot to celebrate at Christmas. I'm telling you, I get so excited. You know, uh, this whole thing about life. You know, it's not just, you know, a good sermon for me to preach about Christmas. Paul himself, First Corinthians fifteen, said he delivered this message to us that I tell you always to get so excited about. He said I delivered this message to you of first importance, of first importance that Christ was. He died for our sin according to the scripture. That he was buried and that he rose three days later according to the scripture that you might have life. Paul said, I deliver this to you as first importance. Some of you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do, what is it? Let me check the news. Let me check Facebook. Let me check what happened to my sweet little angel last night. Let me check, you know, we, all these things are very firstly important. Let me get up and study for my exam or get up and check my Christmas presents. On this. Look, uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. What is firstly important? Reflecting on the news that Christ died for sin, that he was buried, and three days later he rose from the dead. Ain't many things that are very important, firstly. This one is firstly important. Every single day. Anyway, what Jesus gives, John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus here is talking about him being the good shepherd. Good shepherd of sheep who put their faith in him. And he says here in verse 10, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have what? Life. And have it, what? Abundantly. Turn over to chapter 5, verse 24. I came, Jesus says, that they might have life and have it abundantly. Verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal, what? Life. He does not come unto judgment, but has passed from death to life. Turn over to chapter 14 of the same book, verse 6. Jesus says here, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and what? The life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Finally, turn over to chapter 20. Verse 31. And John says here, explains to us why he's written the whole gospel account. And the other writers would agree with him. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have what? Life in his name. What Jesus can give is life. And not just any life, but what? Abundant life. I find in my life that some days I just, I'm, I too easily settle for just existence. I too easily settle just to go through the normal routine, just to do my stuff, just to try to get by with another day. Anybody with me? Just let me just survive, man. and just trying to survive. But God doesn't want us just to survive. He wants us to thrive. God came in the flesh. He came, Jesus came, so that you might have life abundantly. What does that mean, Barry? Does that mean I'm going to get a Mustang next year? Does that mean I get a bigger house? Does that mean I get a bigger bank account? Well, if that's what abundant life means, then there are millions of believers around the world today who don't have abundant life. Let me tell you, friends, that's not what abundant life means. You can fill your homes, you can fill your garages, you can fill your bank accounts. But Jesus said life does not exist in the abundance of possessions. Life is a, about the quality when, He says, I've come, you might have abundant life. He's talking about the quality of your life. He wants your life to be amazing. He wants your heart to be full. And I'm not talking about possessions. I'm talking about inside. He wants you to be in a joy-filled, happy place. Too many of us are like dried-out sponges. Agree? Anybody relate to this? Just look like a dried-out sponge. Some days you wake up and you just feel like this. Oh, Lordy. And people come along, they start squeezing you, trying to sap every living life out of you. Anybody ever had that happen? Yeah, your boss comes along, coworkers come along, you're just like, man, I can't get more dry than this piece of thing, right? Jesus came so that you could have life, and not just any life, but have it abundantly. The picture of abundant life is like this, where you keep squeezing, and you keep squeezing, and you keep squeezing, and you keep squeezing, and, keep squeezing, and it's, it's full, Right? It's full. Abundant life means there's, there's, your cup runneth over. Right? Psalm 23. Remember that? But to have that life, you've got to be united with Christ. You can't have that life apart from Him. Life comes in Him. Life comes when you trust Him every day. Life comes when you follow Him every day. When you find your joy in Him. When you find your satisfaction in Him. Listen, you can go to work. This is what abundant life means. Not going to work thinking, oh, I can't wait to get out of this hellhole at 5 o'clock. When is 5 o'clock coming? These people are going to hell. I just can't, can't wait to get out of here. No. Abundant life is seeing your workplace as a place of ministry and mission. Right? Abundant life is not is not. Oh. My wife drives me crazy. I just wish you'd leave and I could have a man tonight. right? It's not survival marriage, it's it's thriving marriage. Abundant life is not. Listen, I can keep going and going and going with this. What, here's what abundant life is. Loving the unlovable. Being so close to the Lord that you're filled with the grace of God always. Being so close with Jesus that you know how high, how deep, how wide is the love of God for you. Being so close with God that in any circumstance, in, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're sick or whether you're healthy, whether you have a lot or whether you have nothing, you can be content because of Christ within you. Amen. That's abundant life. Abundant life is found in relationship with Jesus. I brought Christmas lights. These are all on your trees, right? Who ever puts Christmas lights on trees and never turns them on? That would be stupid, right? (laughs) I mean, right? That would be stupid. But so many of us go through life like these Christmas lights. This is who we are. We try to exist and be useful, but totally disconnected from the source. This is not how Christmas lights were made to be. This is stupid, right? But most of us, this is normal. Disconnected from the source. Jesus has come so that you don't have to be stupid. You can quote me on that. (laughs) Jesus has come that you might have life. That by connecting to him, our power source, right? I hope these lights work. And my hand is wet. This is not smart. (laughs) Yep, this is great. Jesus has come that by connecting to the power source, you might have life. But listen, the minute that you disconnect from the power source, is not. this is not just a one-time thing, but a daily thing. When you start disconnecting yourself from the power source, you get back in a place of just existence. And no usefulness, no fruit, no meaning, no joy, no lasting happiness, right? He's come. He is life. What he did... He did to provide life, and today he wants to give you life. Not just life, but life abundantly. And the question I have for you, is that what you're experiencing today? Is that what you're experiencing? C.S. Lewis said once, he said, Many of us just are content playing in the mud pies of the slums because we can't even imagine what it's like to be offered a holiday at the sea. Are we playing in the mud pies of the slums even if you fill yourself, fill your houses, fill your bank accounts, whatever, sometimes it's just mud pies compared to what Christ offers us when we unite with him in faith. Amen? Amen? Celebrate this Christmas the life of Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your life. We thank you, God, that eternally this is who you are. You are a living God. You're a life-giving God. Lord, we thank you that though all of us turned away from you, and got disconnected from our source of life, that God, you sent Christ to provide life for us again. Through what he did, through his coming, through his perfect living, through his life-giving ministry, through his life-giving mission, through his perfect union with you, God, and then through his death for our sins, for my sins, and through his triumph over the grave, what he did, God, Provides a way for us to have life again. We celebrate Christmas, Lord, because of you, Jesus. Because you chose to come to return us to our power source. And that is you, God. Life-giving God. We thank you that not only can we trust you and have spiritual life again. But, Lord, that you want to give us spiritual life every day. You say that you've come that we might have life and have it abundantly. And Lord, I pray today that this Christmas, every person in this room, Lord, every every one of us, we have areas of our life today that are just not plugged into our power source. We get too settled into just existing and not thriving, God. And I pray that by your spirit, you would call us back to our source of life, you. And Lord, that you would give us your spirit, that you would give us your joy, you would give us your peace, that you would give us your purpose, Lord, that we would be able to lift up our eyes, lift up our eyes to the giver of life. And in so doing, Lord, have joy again this year. I pray for every person here, God, that you would work in their heart in such a way that this Christmas would be a true celebration of your life. We pray this in Jesus' name.